Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, last time on the podcast, Dad caught Ingrid burying a can of bug spray in his garden. So we'll pick up the story there, and now we're going to read Chapter 20, Talking to Girls. Here we go. Joe was dejected when he came home from school. He found Finn and April upstairs going through the junk in Finn's bedroom. What happened, he asked. I waited to walk home with you, but some girl called... Matilda was all snide about how you'd gone home already. We've been banned from attending the cockroach races, said April angrily, and the stupid ball. Can they do that, asked Joe. Apparently the local council has extraordinary powers to introduce regulations in a special space during an emergency situation, said Finn. They actually showed us the text in the town's constitution. But what's the emergency, asked Joe. Everyone in the town's having severe mental health problems, grumbled April. Pumpkin ate Matilda's cockroach. Everyone thinks we're serial cockroach killers, explained Finn. Then April got into an argument with Mr Lang about it all, so she sent herself home from school early. You can't do that, said Joe. You'll get an unexplained absence on your permanent record. I doubt the unexplained absences are going to be the most shocking things on April's permanent record, said Finn, still going through the boxes. What are you doing now? asked Joe. April and Finn looked like they were searching for something. Looking for things we can make into a disguise, said April, tossing aside some old clothes. Why? asked Joe. We're not telling you, said April. You're such a good boy now, you'd probably dob us in. Joe frowned. He had hoped that being a girl, April would be able to help him talk to Loretta, perhaps even talk to Loretta for him. But since she was being miserable and rude, he didn't feel like asking her. Maybe his father would have some advice. After all, Dad had married their mother, so he must have spoken to her at some point to make that happen. Joe trudged back downstairs in search of Dad. He found him in the kitchen, washing dirt off his hands. Hi, Dad, said Joe. What is it? said Dad, flinching. I was just in the garden. That's why my hands are dirty. Nothing else. Okay, said Joe. I was just wondering if you could help me. I'm not very good with life-threatening situations that require immediate physical action, said Dad. I know, but it's nothing like that, said Joe. I just need help talking to a girl. Good gracious, said Dad. That's even worse. It is, asked Joe. Oh, yes. Just don't do it, urged Dad. They're nothing but trouble. But you talked to Mum, said Joe, when you first met her, didn't you? Yes, agreed Dad. I don't know how I found the courage. In hindsight, I wonder if she was using one of her super-spy, mind-altering rays on me at the time. I wish someone would use a mind-altering ray on me, said Joe. You could always write her a letter, suggested Dad. It's much easier, because you don't have to look at the girl while you're thinking up the words. Nah, said Joe. Quicker to just get the humiliation over with. 
Joe headed out. He'd rather drill a hole in his own foot than talk to Loretta, but it had to be done. The talking, not the drilling. At least he didn't have far to walk. Joe only made it halfway down the driveway when he heard a clatter of hooves and looked up to see a big brown stallion galloping towards him. Ah! cried Joe as he leapt out of the way, diving into a bush. The horse pulled up, skidding a little on the gravel, then rearing up in protest. Loretta sat forward in her seat as her horse stomped down, snorting and huffing dramatically. Oh, stop being so silly, Vlad, Loretta chided her horse. It's only a boy, she called out to Joe. Are you all right? Yes, lied Joe. He had landed in a rosebush and had several thorns embedded in his palms. But he hadn't been kicked in the head by a horse, so he considered himself lucky. We didn't expect to see you there, did we, Vlad, said Loretta, patting her horse before looking up at Joe. You know, it would be much safer if you walked across the lawn. This is our driveway, said Joe. Yes, but Daddy doesn't like it when I gallop on our driveway, explained Loretta. He says it makes a mess. Joe saw the gravel that had been sprayed about and the deep hoof prints in the drive. Loretta's father had a point. When he looked up, Loretta was staring at him. Why do you stammer? she asked. What? asked Joe. Usually people were too polite to mention his speech impediment. Did something traumatic happen to you when you were little? Loretta asked curiously. From the gleam in her eye, she seemed to hope it was something juicy. No, said Joe. I just always talk this way. Doctors don't know what causes it. That doesn't surprise me, said Loretta. There's a lot doctors don't know. My own parents in particular are startlingly ignorant of anything that takes place outside of a chest cavity. It's worse when I'm... began Joe. Nervous, asked Loretta, finishing his sentence for him. And I make you nervous, don't I? Joe struggled to protest, but he couldn't get the word out. Loretta laughed. Don't worry. I have that effect on everyone. I've spent years cultivating it. Joe fell silent, not because he couldn't speak, but because he had no idea what to say to this very strange and beautiful girl. So see you later, I guess, said Loretta, as she turned to go, raising her heels ready to give Vladimir a nudge. Wait, cried Joe. Loretta turned back. I need to talk to you, said Joe. Really, said Loretta. How intriguing. I was walking over to see you, explained Joe. Then what good luck that we bumped into each other, said Loretta happily. Do you want me to jump down so we can see eye to eye? No, Joe began to protest, but Loretta already swung her leg over and was sliding off Vladimir. She turned to Joe and smiled. What is it? she asked. Joe's brain had stopped working as soon as Loretta smiled. Ah, said Joe. It must be important for you to walk over to see me, said Loretta. Joe nodded. Do you have a problem? asked Loretta. Joe nodded again, happy that she was so quick on the uptake. What is it? Loretta asked. The ball, said Joe. Oh, said Loretta, I understand. Joe sighed with relief. You've hit a ball into our yard and you want to go and get it, said Loretta. That's fine. Pop over any time. She turned to remount her horse. No, said Joe, it's the ball ball. Loretta looked confused. Joe took a deep breath and stared at the ground so he wouldn't be intimidated by Loretta's beauty, then said it all in a hurry. The cockroach races ball. Daisy, Odin's daughter, asked me to ask her, but I don't want to because she terrifies me. I told her I was taking someone else, but then she asked me who, and I couldn't think of any girl's name from school, so I said, you. There was a dreadful pause. Joe looked up. Loretta was staring at him again. He wished Vlad would just kick him in the head and put him out of his misery. You told Daisy, Odin's daughter, 
You were taking me to the cockroach races ball, clarified Loretta. Yes, said Joe. I'm so sorry. I can tell her you broke your ankle and can't go. Not that that would work, because then you'd have to break your ankle. But I could tell you changed your mind and you, when you got to know me better. But then she'd expect you to take her, said Loretta. Yes, said Joe. All the possibilities are horrible. There's another possibility, said Loretta. You could actually take me. Oh, no, said Joe. I wouldn't dream of that. You're far too beautiful. It wouldn't be fair. I'd like to go, said Loretta. But with someone better, said Joe. No, said Loretta. You'll do. She smiled at him mischievously as she remounted her horse her bottom flying past Joe's nose with disconcerting closeness. Pick me up at seven, said Loretta. Should I get a c- corsage, asked Joe. Gosh, no, said Loretta. This isn't the 1950s. Besides, all my dresses are too nice to stick pins in. Don't be early, said Loretta, as she kicked a horse into a trot. Don't you mean don't be late, asked Joe. No, I want to be late, said Loretta. That way I can make a much more impressive entrance. She nudged her horse again and galloped forward, disappearing around the side of the house, no doubt to further damage Dad's flower beds. Loretta didn't just like making impressive entrances, she liked making impressive exits as well. And that's the end of the chapter. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.